Welcome to another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross LeCain. I'm bringing my 25 years industry experience together with leading experts around the globe to give you insights on how to live a better life and grow a profitable mortgage broking business that you are proud of. Today, we have Jeremy Fisher from First Street, the top independent brokerage in the country. Welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross LeCain. Uh, today we have Jeremy Fisher from First Street and he's one of been one of the top brokers consistently in, in the industry for the last 20 years, probably written about $2 billion in mortgages personally and uh, an all-around good guy. So uh, welcome, Jeremy. Thanks, Ross. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And obviously, always happy to chat. We've known each other for a while. Definitely. Uh, and it's always been so. We've always passed, you know, cross paths in a in a positive positive way. So, um, yeah, happy to happy to have a chat today. Excellent. I think you've got a lot of great information that that uh, a lot of brokers out there will will gain a lot of insights from. So, just firstly, let's just touch on the current market in terms of from yourself. I can see you sitting at home there, and uh, yeah, how, how's it been for you? Look, I mean, it, it's definitely a change to be, you know, sitting at home on a permanent basis. Um, but, you know, we we moved to a, a paperless office a, a good couple of years ago now and and really got our processes down pat to, to ensure that obviously no one was ever expecting this, um, but the, to ensure that, you know, our business would never be disrupted if, if, you know, something would occur in the future that we were very mobile. Um, so that's been important to me for a, for a while now. So obviously everyone working from home and working remotely has meant that disruption um, in terms of, of that different different style of, of work environment hasn't impacted business. So obviously we're impacted business for other reasons um, just with the market, but, um, but the disruption has been, I'd say, next to zero, um, which is really positive. We've got a team of um, roughly around 20 people. So it's been great to see that everyone has been able to adapt um, to these changes and continue to operate and work remotely. So, um, yeah, you know, hopefully we'll be back, um, you know, as things ease up over the coming weeks and months. But, um, but yeah, Touchwood, uh, it hasn't impacted us um, to the point where we, we can't continue uh, business as usual. Mm. From, from your point of view, what's the biggest positive you, that you think's come out of the last sort of six weeks being in isolation? Um, look, the, the positive is maybe from a business perspective, realizing that um, business hasn't been interrupted. Um, you know, you put a lot of measures in place and you spend a lot of time on processes. And I guess you don't always see the value at the time. But now if you look back in hindsight um, to see, you know, 20 plus people all operating remotely, independently, um, but still everything remaining um, consistent, fluid, um, no, no um, you know, breaks in the chain. Um, from various, you know, areas of the business. Um, you know, we've also got some offshoring as well with some of our back-end processing. Um, all of that has just continued as business as usual. So I guess, um, you know, really happy that, uh, that you know, that's, um, you know, I guess how we've evolved over the years. Um, you know, very different to, you know, to when I started, I was, you know, one-man show and there was processes didn't exist, you know. I just you know, did things as, as and when needed and, um, and, and, you know, learned as I went, but there was no documented processes. But I think as you, as you grow a team and, um, you know, have various people handling various aspects of the business um, or the stages of business, you realise very quickly that, you know, documented processes are really important. So, yeah, so um, I guess, yeah, really positive that we've been able to 
um, you know, achieve just, you know, a, a non-disrupted, um, you know, business uh, during this time. Yeah, congratulations. It's funny that you mentioned that because I've heard uh, your story previously and I think it's a good one that when you started, you struggled to write business for about six months, you said. Yeah, no, I, in the first six months, I don't know why I continued because, to be honest, I don't think I wrote a single loan and didn't, certainly didn't make any money for the first nine months. Um, you know, fortunately, you know, it was pre-kids and, um, you know, so we had, you know, a little bit longer staying time to be able to see it through. But, look, even anyone that, you know, starts the industry today that I chat to, um, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be waiting six or nine months necessarily to receive some income, but, uh, but there's no question. I, and I say to them, you know, the first one or two years, it's, it's you just got to you got to be in for the long game. It's not an overnight business. Um, but yeah, so my first six months was uh, was enjoyable. You could- yeah, I think that's a fantastic story and a fantastic lesson for anyone listening who's in those first few months that are doing it tough. That hey, you can be the top broker in the country, even if you get off to a rough start. Is if you have that ambition. And to uh, to drive through those failures, so I think uh, you know that that's a real credit to yourself for for having the uh, the long term view and sticking sticking to it. And we were you know chatting when we chatted a couple of weeks ago around all the challenges that we've been through to grow a billion dollar business. A lot of people think it's easy, and they see you up there getting the awards, but they don't realise you know what we've actually been through to to get there. Yeah, look, and I think the reality is that, you know, on the outside, when you see someone writing some big volume, um, one, you know, what has it taken to get there? Um, you know, what, where, where's the journey, you know, along the way? And to understand that is, is, I think, really important. And, yes, you know, you do see some of the, you know, the up-and-coming, you know, brokers write some huge numbers in their first couple of years, and that's great, but I think that's the minority. Mm. Um, the majority of brokers have, you know, have, have spent their time, um, you know, learning the industry, growing, you know, joining franchise groups, joining teams, um, and then maybe going in their own, whatever it might be. But there's there's normally many, um, you know, many hurdles within that within that journey to get to where they've, you know, be, you know, become, when they when they're starting to write the big volume. Um, so it's definitely not an overnight um, business, in my opinion. Um, but uh, but as I said, it's been a you know, it's been a great journey. So winding back from there, when you start off, you're, you're a one-man band, not writing too much business. What do you think the biggest turning point in your career was just looking back? Um, look, I, I think it was, I mean, certainly there's persistence. There's nothing more to it. Um, you know, I was really, you know, conscious in the first couple of years that I wanted to make sure that, you know, I didn't hear from anyone, you know, that the typical line, you know, if I only knew you were a mortgage broker, um, you know, this is not an everyday transaction when someone normally buys a property or refinances a loan. So, you know, if you miss, if you miss the opportunity with people around you that, um, uh, you know, are taking out a loan, then you're probably not going to have that opportunity with them for another couple of years. So what I wanted to do is one, make sure that everyone knew what I was doing um, without shoving it down their throat. I just didn't want to hear the excuse if I only knew you were a mortgage broker. Mm out to my network, to the community that I dealt in, the sporting clubs that I was associated with um, and just made sure. And I, did, I did some small little sponsorships and um, just, to, just to build brand. And, and that's probably what I, you know, the first couple of years, I think I just really invested a lot of time and energy in just building the brand. Um, you know, having an association with a couple of, you know, reputable businesses, you know, Ray White, um, you know, a couple of their offices um, in the eastern suburbs supported me and a couple of other businesses, Richardson Ranch. So a few of the local real estate officers um, were supporting me with with um, 
uh, obviously referring me business, but the association with some reputable brands, no different to an Aussie home loans, the association in those first few years to differentiate you from just another mortgage broker, having the association with some reputable brands, I think is really important. Um, so that to me in the first few years, um, you know, obviously it took its time, but I think that's where I started to see some, um, some support of the business. And obviously then you become your own brand and, and, you know, you're the, you know, your brand is then the reason for someone coming to you. But the first few years, it's certainly, um, having the association with some reputable businesses, uh, definitely. And, and how did that happen? So, um, did it happen organically or did it happen strategically with those relationships with the agents back then? Um, look, probably organically. I think, you know, I, I knew someone in one of the offices, and real estate offices, and obviously so I, I, I lent on that relationship. And then as you, and, and I think as time went on, you know, you, you build a relationship and rapport with that particular office, but then one of the real estate agents goes and moves to another office down the street. So then you just continue. So I think it's just that, it's, it's that follow-on effect. And it's no different to, you know, in the early days when, you know, if I had one client, um, buying a property, but that one client, you know, had an accountant, had a solicitor, had a real estate agent involved in the transaction. So I would always make sure to, from that one client interaction, to reach out to the three or four, um, you know, associated people around him that were potentially going to be future referral partners. So I always tried to impress myself upon the, the, the as I said, you know, the the people around that that one purchase. Um, so again, that's just how I tried to open doors in the, in the early days, just not just looking at the, the, the singular client or just that singular client's network in terms of their friends and family, but also those professional people around them that have obviously helped to make that transaction possible. Beautiful. And yeah, it doesn't take a lot more effort, right? Because you're, they're part of the transaction anyway. So it's just lubricating the wheels in terms of communication between all parties and, and I think that's the thing about building a relationship just comes down to effective communication and, yep. and tying people in. Yep. And look, you know, the reality is you're going to be giving up potentially, certainly in the beginning days, more time than you're going to get back in value. Um, but to me, as I said, I invested time in the first couple of years to build on the brand. So the brand is me, not necessarily, you know, whether it's mm. Street or Aussie Home Loans, whatever to me, it's, it's the individual is the brand. And, and I still have that same philosophy with all the guys and girls in the office. I want them to build their own, their own brand because it's, it's, it's them that the clients come to. Um, and it's them that the clients come back to. So, um, but yeah, I think it's just, you know, the simple things, but it's certainly, um, you know, building the relationships and then investing time in those relationships is, is critical. You, you can't just expect leads to continue to flow in. So, you know, I would go and invest time in sales meetings and auctions and, um, you know, on a weekly basis, I'd be attending the team, you know, team meetings in the various real estate offices. I'm just giving them a quick, you know, market update as what's happening um, in the in the mortgage market. So again, just you know, invest the time, and the rewards will come over, over you know a longer period of time. Exactly. So you started. Um, it was around what two thousand early two thousands. When, when was it? Yeah, two thousand and two. Yeah, so it's been a while. Definitely. And so you're saying now that because you've got a, obviously a massive loan book, it's uh, obviously it's publicized. So it's, you know, it's, it's getting up there. It's close to $2 billion now. Is that sort of where, you, where you're headed towards that figure? Yeah, look, I mean, the, the office is, I think, sitting, you know, well over five. So I think we've got, there's some, there's some big, big, big dollars sitting in there. Um, as I said, we've got some really, you know, key and core brokers that have helped to build, um, you know, this business. So we don't have a massive team, 
uh, we have a, a nice, um, you know, close-knit group of really successful brokers. Um, so how, how many on your team at the moment? So um, don't quote me on it, but I think it's about 14. I think it's about 14 brokers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a couple of financial planners and then we've got a few support staff. So we're very lean on the support staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, is, has, I guess, is how the business has evolved over time um, is that I've always been in favour of, of, of building that relationship with the client, right? And to me, that meant being there for the entire duration of the journey with that client. So not just meeting with the client and then having someone else in the office um, look after them throughout the, you know, the bulk of the, the, the process and then coming back at the end and saying congrats. So for me, it's meant, you know, I wanted to be part of that whole journey. I want to be available when the client rings me during the process and say what's going on and I know exactly what's going on because I'm involved. Um, so, so all the brokers are very hands-on with their clients. And, um, and for me, you know, I got to the point where I was um, got a, too busy, I guess you could say, to be able to really well and truly um, look after these clients, um, you know, my early days. And that's when I decided to bring on another broker. So rather than bring on a support person, I brought on another broker who I could then um, hand, uh, refer some clients from the outset to the, that broker would then look after those clients um, from start to finish. So I guess we've still got that same philosophy in the office that if anyone gets too busy, that actually re- will refer the client to someone else who can manage that client from start to finish and build a relationship. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, is we're all selling the same product. Um, we all, all can negotiate to some extent the same rate. So, you know, the differentiation to me is relationship. So like you said before, whether it's, say, partners or referral partners or your clients, you, you need to build that relationship for them to be able to be loyal to you over a long period of time. And I guess, you know, so that's how we've operated and, and, and the proofs in the pudding, you know, we, um, you know, we've still got a loan book that's growing. Obviously it gets harder to grow as the loan book gets bigger. Um, but, uh, you know, we've, our clients are still to this day, um, extremely loyal and it's very rare that a client will drop off our book without us, um, you know, being aware of it or, or, um, you know, being across what's going on. So. Yeah, so can we give, um, you know, some perspective in terms of, so you're in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Um, what yeah. What is your average uh, loan size that, that, that you write? Yeah, look, mine's mine's just above a mil. Okay. Um, and obviously it's, you know, yes, the eastern suburbs market, um, the property prices are higher, the loan amounts are higher. Um, I think the office, though, is still sitting um, well and truly over between 700-odd numbers, somewhere in that space, um, over the last... Twelve months, so the average loan size, um, even across the whole office outside these and so is still um, fairly reasonable, mm. and um, it obviously helps to grow a, a you know a bigger book. But um, less transactions and higher higher loan amounts is probably what I would say our office. Um, and get. lots of competition, lots of competition out there. Yeah, look, competition is is good and healthy. Mm. You know, I've always been under the belief that you know I'm happy if another mortgage broker wants to open up their office next door. Um, it gives you the opportunity to prove yourself um, as to, you know, you know why your business is either award-winning broker or why you, you know, you, you, know, you can, um, you know, I guess talk, the talk, whatever it might be, is because you know that you're going to deliver, um, you know, a great service and, um, you know, obviously look after your clients. So, yeah, I think competition's healthy, great, and, um, you know, I think in all areas there's, there's probably plenty of it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so I'm... As I said, happy to happy to have competition. Yeah, well, I mean, you've done amazing to be. I think you're ranked number four in the top twenty five brokerage in the in the country. Yeah, um, and that was, 
Yeah, so and you look at the likes of Aussie and Mortgage Choice and um yeah, well, look, we're not going to, you know, we're, we're, we're small fish. We're small fish compared to them. Um, but look, we, we were the number one ranked independent business, non-franchise, um, which I was really, really stoked. We've been up somewhere similar before, but never as high. Um, but that, as I said, you know, as you said at the beginning, I mean, that's, you know, 18 odd years of, you know, just kind of just continually building on the business year after year, um, you know, making changes and growing and, and, you know, pain and mistakes and everything else that goes along with it. So it's, it's it's just it's time in the game, um, and uh, you know. But certainly, you know, I look up to you know the businesses above, um, irrespective of being a franchise or not. I mean, they all started similarly, you know, with small businesses and grew, um, you know, the mammoths that they are today. So um, you know, that's no easy feat. And, um, you know, I think um, you know businesses like mine and other independent businesses. Um, have a lot to say and thank, um, you know, to the to the franchise groups like Aussie and Mortgage Choice, who really um, not just helped grow the industry, but helped um, you know train a lot of the brokers that are now you know running their own business. So I think the um, the, the the training um, you know programs and um, you know the hands on assistance that some of these big businesses such as Aussie um, you know offer is is what's I think you know. It, it, it's, it's almost, you know, part of the backbone of our industry. It's, it's, you know, between the franchise groups and the banks, which, you know, have fed a lot of the brokers, you know, into their own, you know, independent space now. Um, I think, yeah, a lot, you know, a thanks needs to go out to them because, you know, many of the brokers that have joined me have come from either banks or, or franchises. So, um, you know, and they're obviously all high quality, successful brokers. Oh, definitely. And being out there on the coaching side, you know, stepping away from a company like Aussie, you realise what a powerful brand and, you know, when you go and you just see how many one-man operators are out there and it's, you know, the majority of the market, the, the people offer, operating, a, you know, a franchise business and riding good volumes is, is, you know, a small percentage of all brokers out there. So, um, you know, in terms of staff, you know, we, in when we were chatting around sort of who you bring on in your team, you're quite specific um, about who you, you bring on. So I just wanted you, you to chat about how you've sort of grown your team. Yeah, look, I think, you know, obviously over a long period of time and, and definitely trial and error and normally, you know, it's it's, it's me that's letting the broker down if it doesn't work by you know not necessarily them letting me down um i think it's 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 really clear to me that the culture is extremely important understanding you know understanding your business and the culture in your business i think is critical to then know who's going to fit um to me it's been really important over the last you know probably five to ten years um is not just culture's critical but then also just the right fit and someone, and to me, the right fit is is someone that obviously one has experience um, and has either been a broker or a banker um, and doesn't need the handholding that a new to industry broker requires. And that that's important because um, I don't have the time and I've tried it and, and failed. So I've failed them rather than they failed me in, in trying to bring someone on that um, needs a lot more um, assistance uh, to be able to obviously, you know, to build build their um, their knowledge up. So the brokers that have joined um, have all had experience, know what they're doing. Um, you know, I can help them with relationships with lenders and structuring, you know, complex deals and so forth and even assisting with supporting with some, um, you know, some clients to, to help build them up. Um, but you know, what I want from someone and what, what's proven to me is, is, is 
guys and girls that are, that are able to contribute back to the business. And when I say contribute, it's not just someone that wants to join and be under the first street banner. It's, you know, what can they, what do they bring into the table? Um, you know, are they going to be, um, you know, contributing towards, you know, uh, you know, process improvements, um, you know, within our, within our office, are they going to be contributing towards, um, you know, new ideas and, and just improving how we operate. And, and so I guess that's what I, you know, I've, I've not necessarily looked for because our business has grown organically. I've never um, gone out there and sourced brokers. Everyone that's joined has been either via introduction or, um, you know, somehow, um, you know, it's been very organic, uh, I guess, is, 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 has been the growth yeah. of it. Yeah, I think that's right in terms of what you're saying about people being able to add something to the team. And I saw a quote by Phil Jackson, you know, and watching that Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, yeah, at the moment. And, um, yeah, he was saying that it's more important about that spirit and culture of the team, right? That you've got yep. them all sort of driving in the same direction. And I think. You know, that's great about, you know, bringing those types of people because if we use that sporting analogy, you know, the best teams have the best players, right, yep. and, and players that want to work together as a team. So it doesn't matter if Michael Jordan's in your team, they've got to all work together to, to get that end result. And um, yep. see so many um, brokers, you know, whether it's hiring a process or whether it's hiring another broker, They'll, they'll take the cheap option um, rather than stretching themselves a little bit to help them get to that next level. They take the cheap option and they don't realise actually there's an opportunity cost that's stopping them from writing more business. So that and look, cost- and that's, Yeah, I think that's, that's where the value, you know, of, of, of where you would come in being able to give those brokers advice because you've done it and seen it before as to why they should be maybe taking the blinkers off a little bit and considering, you know, are they hiring the right person or the right assistant and so forth. And I mean, now you know, about Michael Jordan is, you know, and I think what Phil Jackson, you know, did and, and it was obviously, uh, it wouldn't have been an easy decision, but to decide that, you know, it can't just be a team, you know, and, and everyone relies on him, um, you know, and it can't all be just about him and there's, and, 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 you know, and obviously it, it's a big analogy and I've never considered it before, but, you know, I've always um, wanted the brokers in my office to be not just self-sufficient, but, but successfully in their own, successful in their own right. Um, you know, we chatted about it before, you know, it's, you know, whether they work for Aussie or First Street or Mortgage Choice, it's, it's all about the individual. And I've always done what I can to support the individual and to help them grow their brand as, as, as wide and, and large as they, as they choose um, you know, will support them as much as they possibly want. Um, but to me, it's very much about, you know, growing the individuals within the business so that you obviously all, all start to, you know, form a team um, and, and have similar goals. And, and, um, and I think we all do in our office, which certainly helps. Um, you know, there's, there's very good banter in the office, and, um, but everyone is, is very supportive of one another. So uh, to me, that's really important. And it's a, it's a great environment. And I, I, you know, I enjoy going to work. So. Yeah. so how are you keeping the banner going now that you, you're isolated from each other? <laughs> Look, it's, um, it's building up. So there's banter over the Zoom chats. We, um, you know, we've got a Zoom chat going on a daily basis. Everyone can join and we'll have, have our little digs and so forth. But um, we, it's probably just going to, uh, you know, it, it will just build up until we're back in the office. But, um, you know, look, many of us have become friends and, and that's great. Um, uh, outside of the office, um, we all, um, you know, uh, socially friendly 
Um, and I pretty much say everyone in the office um, would fit into that same category. It's, so it's, it's quite unique that we work together. Um, and again, I think it's just having, you know, if, if, you're, if you're bringing on like-minded people all with, you know, the same, um, you know, with the same direction um, and, and the similar goals, um, then, you know, obviously it's not a surprise that, uh, you know, we all, you know, socially get on as well. So, um, and that's what it's about, right? You get to our stage in business and you realise that, hey, another dollar isn't going to make any difference in your life, right? It's, it's about the enjoyment. It's about the fun that you can have and what you can create together that, that becomes more important. And same with, you know, your real estate referrers and your top clients become your friends as well. So that's, yep. that's, that's the, uh, the real uh, importance of, uh, of this business. I just want to touch on uh, process because you mentioned you know, how they all sort of add into your team sort of feedback and we've spoken previously and you've got a great culture there where, as you said, it is that constant development. So you, I know you've got great process. Just, just explain how they're developed. Yeah, so in a nutshell, obviously, everyone's involved. Um, you know, on a yearly basis, we'll generally, you know, I guess, you, you know, step outside the office and, and, and look down. And, and, and just really just go through the various stages of our process in terms of the, the customer experience and how does the customer, um, how would the customer feel at the various stages um, of, of the process? Are there any black holes? Are there any gaps? Is there any areas that we can improve it um, to simplify the process? Um, you know, what we've always wanted is for the customer to, at the end of the day to say, you know what, go and speak to Jeremy or go and speak to Marty. Um, the process, you know, they, they made it so simple. Um, we clients to feel um, as complicated as it might be that we made the process simple. So a referral to us on the, on the back of, um, you know, they made it seem so easy is, is so much greater um, and deeper than, you know, go and see Jeremy because he got me a low interest rate. Um, so I guess we constantly evolve the process um, throughout the year if there's any areas to tweak it and improve it. And that's, that's a, 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 one of the brokers will perk up and say, hey, why don't we consider this? And that's exactly what we've, I guess, developed within the office is that, is that everyone contributes back into the process. So we all follow a very similar process. Um, we're not a franchise group. Everyone can run, you know, their own race to some extent. Um, but I think everyone's joined First Street because of, you know, the, the process we have in place that, that certainly um, have proven to be successful, um, yet constantly still being reviewed and, and, um, and tweaked as need be. But um, so, yeah, so we really, you know, said step outside, look down, and, and really try to feel how is the experience for the client from start to finish. Um, and I guess, you know, with changes that are going on through compliance and now obviously with COVID, you know, obviously there might be more information we need to gather. How do we just keep it as simple as we possibly can um, so that the next referral is, you know, go and speak to these guys. They just made it so simple. Um, and that's really, I think, our philosophy. Yeah, and I think... What you touched on there is important. Something that I've sort of been um, learning over the last couple of weeks is in terms of you don't actually learn by doing things, right? You actually learn by taking that step back and it's the reflection on what you've been doing and then sharing it in that collective group that takes you forward, right? Because yep. quite often we can, you know, have our blinkers on and um, just do what we normally do in that sort of habit, but it's that as you said, they're having that helicopter view, that reflection on your business that really helps you to take it to the next level. And, and look, something else we do, for example, the office manager is not um, someone that is, you know, has a finance mind um, and she is not someone that was employed to, 
to need to know anything about home loans. So often actually I'll go to her and say, this is an email I've just created that I'm going to start sending out to clients. If you were to read it, you know, what's your opinion on it? How are you going to perceive it? So often, you know, it might be that, you know, we've got, you know, a dozen or more brokers that are all coming together with a great idea, but how is it going to be perceived to a client that maybe has, you know, a different way of thinking than all of us? So it's often important to actually just go and, you know, seek, um, you know, opinions outside of your, you know, your, your inner circle. Um, because again, it's just how is the client going to, going to perceive, um, you know, are they going to understand, um, is there ways that we can improve on this to, again, just make it, you know, seem, seem um, you know, an easier process. Yeah, and quite often we overcomplicate it with jargon and, and it, it makes it more complicated than what needs yeah. to be. So and that's like, you know, we were chatting, you know, you know, one, speaking English, but two, you know, gone are the days where, you know, you and I used to go out and, you know, pull a laptop or an iPad and sit it, you know, between us and the customer. To me, that's, you know, and, and I'm not discouraging people to do it, but to me, that's, you know, now I see that as a barrier between my myself and the customer. I'd much rather just have a conversation with them. I know the questions that I need to ask to be able to ascertain whether this is, you know, uh, something that we can continue um, into, a, into a loan application. But, you know, again, just, you know, getting to know the client um, to me was a lot more important um, than pulling up the fancy, you know, graphs and trying to talk in a different lingo, you know, than, than what um, necessarily the clients, you know, wanted at that at that stage anyway. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and for me, it's the, the same. It's focus on their why and start with why, as sort of Simon Sinek famously says, and buy into that sort of emo- emotional buy-in around what they're doing it, why they're doing it, and then the actual the what and the how becomes almost irrelevant if you connect on that why level in terms of... um, Yeah. Look, I think this is, you know, it's down to the long game, you know, the Mm -hmm. long game. If you want to be, you know, building a, a, you know, a billion-dollar business um, or a billion-dollar loan book, you know, you've got to build relationships with your clients and you don't want to be out there working on a a transaction basis. You know, if your business becomes transactional, um, I think, you know, you're going to have a very short short life with, with those clients. Um, so, you know, to me, you know, building a relationship is, is so critical uh, and seems so simple, you know, but it's why, you know, the conversation about rates and products needs to happen at the back end of, 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 your, uh, of your meeting, not at, the, not at the beginning. Yeah, and, you know, Todd Duncan always says, look, if you want uh, clients for a lifetime, you've got to talk to them during their lifetime and that's something that you and your brokers have all taken on board in terms of, um, your annual review process and so forth. Yep. Mm, so yep. you no, look, it's, yeah, it's super important. Yeah, definitely. That that's definitely super important. So, uh, mate, um, just the final thing I wanted to touch on was outsourcing um, because I know you've recently um, started outsourcing some things. So, what what are the things that that you're outsourcing at the moment? Yeah. So, look, I mean, I was I was completely against outsourcing um just to put it on put it on record i was you know someone that really wanted to just i mean i'm a big control freak so i wanted everything to be done in-house um but obviously as as the business grows uh you know we're also having a problem about um needing to relocate we had to relocate it twice over must have been 10 years because of just growing um and the office becoming too small so we got to a point must be now probably a year and a half or so ago that we were about to need another, you know, move again. And it was purely needing to move for um, for back office support for a couple of seats to be made available. 
And it just didn't make sense to be moving um, to have a few, you know, a few more people that, you know, for, for, for back office. Um, so I explored the option of, of outsourcing. Um, and we've um, been working with Loanworks in Manila for the last couple of years. Uh, we've got two dedicated people there that are full-time First Street um, staff and they handle all of our, um, I guess, um, you know, anything that is non-client, non-lender facing. So they don't speak to clients or lenders on our behalf. So they'll look after, um, you know, uh, loan, loan, loan applications um, to the point where they'll come back to the broker and the broker will then, um, you know, check it over and then the broker will submit it. Um, they'll do our settlement um, file reviews and so forth, post-settlement. But again, um, we were very conscious that what they would do for us would purely be non-client, non-lender, because, again, we wanted to keep that relationship with our clients and the relationship with the lenders, which is equally important, um, to keep our, you know, SLAs and everything else up, up to speed. Um, so I guess, yeah, we just we identified areas, um, you know, within the business that wouldn't impact our relationship with our clients, um, and that's effectively what we've handed over. So any any area of, of, of back office data entry that we could hand over, um, we have. And, um, you know, they fall under the same... Um, you know, processes, we, we've developed additional processes, obviously, for them to, um, to, to follow, but it's been a huge success and, um, you know, we, we certainly don't look back and I would encourage anyone else to, to look into it. Um, I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been a great addition to our business. Are you using any tech to sort of manage those guys or it's just fairly basic? Um, no, I mean, everything, obviously, you know, cloud-based, um, you know, Files being handed over via generally via our um, we're, con we're we're connected brokers um, so via Mercury um, we use a CRM um, and all the tools and tasks that come along with that so that's how we generally are allocating tasks to to Loanworks to the staff in Manila um, but uh, and then there's a few other you know checks and balances that are that are done along the way to ensure that nothing's missed but um, so we we we, we have some cross check um, uh, you know measures in place. Um, to ensure that, you know, the process isn't broken. And, again, you know, we have regular meetings with them. Um, and we even encourage um, the Loanwork staff to provide feedback as to how we could improve our process. So no matter what area of the business we're referring to, we are constantly evolving the process as little areas as it might, you know, seem to be at the time, but it's just constant. So there's ne no stage of our, of our process um, or, or, yeah, I guess uh, the, the journey um, is, is the process locked yeah. mm. It's just, you know, where we can improve, we will improve. And we seek advice, we seek, you know, outsiders to, to provide advice on areas that we can improve on. So I don't think the size of your business, I think there's always room to improve your process. And even speaking to other brokers or, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you know, the, the conduit, um, you know, given obviously what you're now operating is that you're speaking to a lot of brokers. You're really, you're going to have, um, I imagine some great feedback to be able to, um, you know, assist many businesses looking to grow uh, from what you're hearing other brokers are doing. Oh, so. definitely, definitely. It's, it's been great and it's been great to get outside of Aussie and to, to look at, into some other businesses for sure. Uh, I want to wrap it up, but before we do, um, you know, just looking back, if you can give a couple of tips to somebody, you know, that, that's looking to start out, looking to grow a billion-dollar uh, business, yeah. What would those parting tips be? Yeah. Um, so this isn't scripted. Yeah. Either, and uh, obviously, I, I'm you know wasn't aware of the question, but um, to be honest, I think that the 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 hardest thing for me was just being being isolated, not having 
not having a mentor or someone that I could actually speak to or not reaching out to someone, um, you know, such as yourself to say, hey, you know what, I want to operate my, on my own. I want to be an independent broker, but I really just need, um, you know, need some support. Um, so whether it's, you know, starting out and joining a brokerage or starting out and joining a, a franchise group uh, or reaching out to, to someone, obviously, such as yourself, I think that is to me, you know, I did that a bit too late and started to realize down the track, you know, after speaking to brokers, but it, you know, it was, it was many years until I started to even go to events and so forth and, um, you know, start to realize should, I should have done this a lot earlier. Um, but I think for someone starting out, um, I would be 1 million percent if I was doing it again, uh, reaching out for support, um, having a mentor, having someone around me that I can reach out and ask questions to because, um, you know, I, I still look, we've got brokers in our office that, you know, are 10, 15 years, you know, in the industry and still asking questions in our office, you know, for support or advice. So someone starting out needs, you know, even more. Um, and, and I certainly can only assume that if I had the support of someone like, you know, you and your business, it wouldn't have taken me six or nine months to be, you know, writing home loans. It might've been a, a, you know, a different path I could have, you know, done, or you might've provided some suggestions of, of other areas to explore to, to generate business. So, um, that's all. And that's not, as I said, I'm not scripted. That's genuine. I really believe that, um, you know, we all like to say we did it on our own and we love to say, yep, started on my own and now I've got X amount of people, but the journey doesn't need to be, um, you know, you you can still get there, but I think reaching out for support is, is just certainly um, what I would be suggesting anyone um, does as starting out. Oh, definitely. And I found that starting in this, this coaching business that people are happy to help. Like, you know, you're, you're helping me out here and people are happy to help. And, you know, I traveled India and uh, one of the big messages and I saw the Dalai Lama and a couple other people, but your happiness comes from not your your own, you know, it comes from giving and serving to others. And you know, I loved when you said that your your business is around helping your brokers succeed. And the, the most successful brokers that I'm seeing at the moment and aggregators have the broker in the center and they're building all their systems and processes, one to make the broker's life easy, because then that makes the client's life easy, exactly what you said. So uh, uh, look, you know, you give, you know, give before you get. And I think if you, if you give without the expectation to get, it comes, it comes, you know, it comes back in, you know, in, in a roundabout way. And, and so I genuinely believe that, you know, we do a lot of community stuff. We support, um, you know, various, you know, charities and so forth. And we do that not to get, you know, but, you know, as I said, you know, it, it comes around in roundabouts. And I think our industry as a general, you know, I think certainly give. And, um, you know, recently the industry jumped on the, the broker, you know, the bushfire appeal. Um, I know that Aussie was a huge contributor and a few other large groups. And, you know, I think, you know, again, you know, we're, we're giving and, and um, I think that's just, you know, part of our job is what, exactly, you know, we're giving our time. We're not always going to get financially remunerated for it, but, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a good philosophy, you know. Give, give. Oh, especially now with everyone that's looking at sort of taking repayment holidays and, you know, we're doing a lot of work and not getting paid for it. But yep. as you said, it's, it's the long game. It's the long Correct. game. Uh, thanks so much, Ben. So much insight, uh, so many pearls of wisdom that you've delivered. Um, been a Happy pleasure to have you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thanks for joining the Billion Dollar Broker podcast. If you enjoyed it, come and join us on the Facebook group, the Billion Dollar Broker um, page, and I'll add you to that group. And to be sure to rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to.
So uh, thanks and we'll talk to you soon.